I feel like I have the privilege of sharing this message this morning, but I feel like after Geordie, I should just sit down. Enough said. Thank you. Have a great Easter. But I'll share this message today. And I want to, um, to begin with uh, we're telling a story. And, uh, and it's about a blue lounge. And I assure you that this, this will one day have some, well not one day, later in my message will have significance to the importance of it. But when I was about 15 years old, my, my mother purchased a, a blue couch. It sort of looked like this. And I can assure you that in the mid-1990s, this was actually a stylish couch. So much so that my mum bought two of them. And I distinctly remember her telling me that we just moved into a new house and she, uh, she was working overtime to save up to buy some of the things that she wanted to put in the house. And um, this is one of those stylish, amazingly beautiful things that she purchased. Uh, this isn't the exact couch that we, we had. Uh, it's very similar, but there's one major difference. The couch that we had, well, one of them had a giant orange highlighter stain <laughs> across the back of it. It didn't come with that. Uh, but one morning, um, I was being a, a responsible older brother and giving my younger brother some well-deserved grief. And at some point in my youth, uh, and I'm not proud of it, but I decided that the best way to, to uh, treat my brother that day was to hurl an orange highlighter pen at him at a never-increasing pace from my hand. Now, thanks to science, um, the lid came off, and, uh, and thanks again to science, instead of leaving like a, a nice little orange dot on the lounge that could easily be covered, uh, for some reason, it decided that day to spray orange ink all over the back of the lounge. Now, this presented a problem. <laughs> I can tell you that uh, by the time that that my mother arrived home from work that day, uh, my bedroom was the tidiest that it has ever been. The house was spotless. Uh, the, the, my homework was done. Uh, my brother and I were best friends. Uh, I'd spent some time that afternoon phoning upholstery cleaners, had negotiated a price had organized one to be there the next morning, couldn't get him there before mum got home from work. And uh, when mum and dad came up the driveway, uh, I was nearly finished mowing the lawn. (laughs) Edges and everything. uh, Just to get that last bit of pocket money that I needed to pay the, uh, the upholstery cleaner the next day to come. But the problem was... The orange stain was still there. I'd put, my grandma's here today. She's nodding. I think she remembers. Uh, my mum didn't remember, thankfully. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, the orange stain was still there. The house was tidy. I was well behaved. My homework was incredibly done. Uh, the lawn was mowed, whippersnipped and everything, but the orange stain was still there. And The relevance this morning is, uh, I feel this is a great analogy for our life. Like, have you ever had 
a situation in your life that kind of resembles a, a stylish a blue and white striped couch that maybe something you worked so hard on, something that was perfect, something you were proud of, but something that was ruined, something that was broken, that was shattered, that is just never the same because of something that happens, because of the actions of our life, the regrets. The... And, and, th- and this is where that dirty, horrible word comes in that I think is too often set out of context and perhaps you've even heard it said in the context of judgment. But that word is, I guess, a word that we have already said so many times today and it's sin. The thing that separates us from God, the reason why we stop and not remember a blue couch today but remember Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins the things in our life that happen that leave stains on couches that no matter how much work we do around the house to try and get so far into the good books of our mothers doesn't change the fact that the new couch is still ruined with orange highlighter. But sin, as I said, is a word that that we use so often that it, it just comes out in conversation and perhaps sometimes in the wrong context, but sin actually means to miss the mark, to fall short, like trying to take a shot in basketball. Another thing that my memory says that I was really good at as a teenager, but it's not true. (laughs) I think of sin for today, like taking a shot in basketball, where you set yourself up and shoot but the ball falls short doesn't quite hit the mark it misses the mark Romans 3 verse 23 says for everyone has sinned we all fall short of God's glorious standard you see in life everyone has taken a a, a shot at the basket Everyone has set themselves up, tried to sink the basketball through the hoop. But we so often fall short, miss the mark of the glorious standard that God has set for our life. That life that exists without sin that allows us to be in relationship with God. Even perhaps that life that Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 10 that he came to give an abundant life. The glorious standard of sinking the basket that we hope for but the reality is we we seem to always fall short. And our humanness kicks in and we try and do everything in our power to, to make it right. But no matter what we do, The orange stain just doesn't go away. Verse 27 of Romans 3 says, Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith. And not by 
obeying the law. What a letdown. (laughs) What a letdown. I mean, it doesn't matter how good we are. I mean, yes, it's, it's, it's good to do good things. It's good to do the right thing. It's good to help people. Jesus told us to do that. He told us to love people, love others as ourselves. But what a letdown that no matter how good we live our life, no matter how much our humanness kicks in to try and do the right thing, no matter how hard we try, it's never going to be our actions that make us right with God. It's never going to happen. We are always going to set ourselves for the free throw and always fall short. And to be honest, it's not something we can blame ourselves for because it says in the Bible that thanks to Adam and Eve, we now are born into a world of sin. There's nothing that we can do to escape it. No matter how good we are, no matter how much litter we put in the bin or how many donations we give, we will never be right with God and we will always fall short without that faith. The problem with falling short in life is um, it's always, it's not as easy as a bouncy basketball. I mean, let, let's be honest, if you get hit in the head with a basketball, it's, it's not that soft. But, but in terms of an analogy for life, throwing a, a basketball at a hoop and, and missing the basket is, is okay. You go and pick up the ball, it bounces away, rolls away. It's soft, it, it's relatively easy. But that's, that's a terrible analogy to use in our life. Because if you've ever had to experience the consequence not if, when we have experienced the consequences of falling short in our life, these things that the Bible refers to as sin, that keep us falling short, missing the mark of God's glorious standard. When we have experienced those, we know the consequences aren't always just a ball that bounces and rolls away. There's so much more that happens, there's so much that can be left behind. I think that the best representation of life would be glass. Something that's fragile, something that can be broken, and yes, I know you're starting to get the link, stained glass windows. But I think the the reality of when we fall short in life is that it's not a ball that bounces around and rolls away. It's our emotions that get hurt. When we fall short, it's our emotions that don't seem to bounce. Well, that one bounced. You can get that one for later. When, uh, when someone else falls short, when the, someone else in our life who was supposed to love us, was supposed to treat us differently, when they miss the mark of shooting the shot in their glorious standard, doesn't hit it. It's our feelings that get hurt. It's our life that 
bounces on a brick when it's supposed to shatter. (laughs) It was going well. You get the point, but you get the point. That falling short in our life and missing the mark, that's the reality of what happens in our life. That's how we end up feeling. When mistakes keep us from falling asleep at night, when anxiety rains upon our quiet time of trying to sleep, when the stress of falling short and missing the mark causes the weight of the world to be on our shoulder that we carry, the hurts, the regrets, the memories, the times that you wish you had a time machine. Come on, I'll admit it. I think about it too often. If I could just change this from ever happening. They're the results in our life of missing the basket, falling short, missing the mark. It's not a bouncy ball that rolls its way down the driveway. It ends in a shattered, broken life. Like our great friend Geordie talked about. You can have it all on the outside, but on the inside, there can be brokenness. I mean, come on, the guy is a fitness king. Many people would have looked at him and said, what have you got to be sad about? But we know that you can put the cushion on the lounge. You can put a rug over the orange highlighter when people come over. But at the end of the day, the highlighter is still there. After a while, our life can end up feeling like a pile of broken glass from something that was once perfect and whole to something that's a shattered pile of glass. And we can't even put it back together. It would hurt us more. The more action I put into trying to fix what's in that bucket now, except for the one that bounced, the more I would actually end up hurt Verse 21 of Romans 3 says, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. So there is a way. There is a way that we can sink the shot, hit the basket. Glorious standard to be obtained. Well, of course, that's why we're looking at stained glass windows today and not only stained couches. You see, a stained glass window, as the video said earlier, is actually pieces of broken glass arranged perfectly within a lead frame. That which was once broken, shattered, destroyed, not able to be repaired, is now something new. When Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he said that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun What's the answer to brokenness, 
to a shattered life, to the feelings inside that we just can't get rid of? The answer is quite simple. It's Jesus Christ. That's why we're here today on Good Friday. To remember that the unavoidable reality that we will constantly fall short of God's glorious standard can never be solved by our actions or our good deeds. Resolution only comes through Jesus Christ. Let's look at Romans 3 again in its entirety from verse, not its entirety, from verse 21. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God with undeserved kindness declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The answer to our hurt, shattered lives, brokenness, and even the answer to our eternal destination is found in a stained, glass-cut, broken Jesus. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. First Peter 2. This is what we remember on Good Friday, that a man without sin, that is the significance of the man that was in the middle of the three crosses. A man who lived life Without sin, who did not need to pay any price, but yet was bruised, broken, beaten, hung on a cross for us. And that we can remember that we can never obtain or get acquittal from our sin, from our falling short, without following Jesus. Accepting that we need a Savior from our brokenness that our shattered lives that are in pieces need somebody that can rebuild them into something new. And the only person in all of eternity that has the authority to do that is Jesus Christ. But the amazing thing is, the amazing thing is, if you're ready to hear this, perhaps. 
Because the, the, the story, the, the way God works is just absolutely incredible. Because I, I don't know about you, but, but brokenness and shattered life does not seem like a good starting place to be a follower of Christ. To accept our Lord and Savior in Him. But the exciting news is that it says in Psalm 51, verse 17, that the sacrifice that God desires, what we need to bring to Him to see our shattered, broken lives become something beautiful and new, is only a broken spirit. Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. It's brokenness that he needs. When we reach or find ourselves in that point that Geordie talked about in his video, of having parts of our life or perhaps our entire life being broken and shattered, that is actually the time. That is actually the thing that God wants us to bring to Him. Not when we have it all right. Not when we're ticking all the boxes. The sacrifice that He desires is a broken spirit. Earlier in this chapter, David says things like, blot out the stains of my sin, wash me clean, purify me, create in me a clean heart. And then says, and all that I have to give is all that you want. A sacrifice of a broken spirit that you will not reject when it comes with a repentant heart. The great news for you today, if you have never heard this before, is, or maybe you realize that deep down you are broken and shattered, is today you can walk out of these doors completely different, with a life transformed. Walk in broken, shattered pieces in a plastic tub. Walk out an amazing beautiful stained glass window all because of what happened on this day a couple of thousand years ago when Jesus took our sin paid the cost defeated death became our resurrected king if you haven't got it yet it's like this imagine going out for dinner with friends and when comes time to pay the bill you walk up to the counter and it's already been paid that's what Jesus did all the times that we fall short all the times that we miss the mark all the times that our life ends up broken and shattered he's already said I got this one just follow me would you stand with me take a moment to bow our heads and and just consider
There's a great psalm in verse 34, chapter 34, verse 18, and it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The Lord is here today to rescue those of us with crushed and broken spirits. For us to respond with brokenness and a repentant heart with an acknowledgement of our desperate need of a Lord and a Savior. And as we read back at the very start in Romans 3, it's based on our faith. And we believe that it begins with a prayer, with a decision and a statement today. And so I want to take a moment now as we are all standing here together as one family that we love to call Northies and ask the question without any need for a response from you. But are you in a place of brokenness? Are there areas of your life that are shattered today? And you long for them to be made new. Do you want to live a life that is abundant? And even though we still fall short, we still can enter into a relationship and live a life that walks with the creator of the universe. If you've never made that decision today, then I want to invite you to make it with all of us today as one big family. Because there are many of us here who perhaps have said it before. But today it means something fresh again. So I'm going to ask that all of us pray together as one big family. And if this is your first time praying, I invite you to join us and make this declaration for our broken lives to be restored and our acknowledgement that we need a Lord and Saviour in our life. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are Lord and that I need a Savior. I believe you died and rose again. And today I want to bring you my brokenness. I'm sorry for the times I have missed the mark. Thank you for already forgiving me. I choose to now follow you. Amen. Romans 10.9 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we believe that that prayer that we just prayed is the first step in a journey to know God more. It's the first step in a journey to see our lives become something beautiful, something new. It's the first step in freedom. And if you did pray that for the first time today, I'd I'd love to know and please come and talk to me after the service. But it's the beginning of a journey and North Lakes is a great place to do that journey with others. And so we would love for you to let us know and we can help you begin that journey and, and uh, walk along there with you.
But the other exciting news, it's all about exciting news today. I know it's Good Friday and, and uh, we keep it a little bit more chilled. But the exciting news is, uh, is we all know the rest of the story, right? My father-in-law has this great quote. You'll love it. He says, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And we have the great advantage of knowing that it's Friday. It's the day that Jesus died, but we know that resurrection Sunday is coming. And that's the exciting thing for us as we acknowledge our brokenness and our shattered life. Because we know that the best is yet to come. That there is still more. Romans 8 verse 28. There's a good song about this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. You see, we know as followers of Christ, and if you've just started that journey today, this is great news for you as well. That even though we bring a broken and shattered life to God, even though things didn't go right, somehow in the currency of God, somehow in His power, He makes it better. He makes it work together for good. I love that, that these little glasses that I, I purchased from a Salvo store, kept it within. I know some of you may be eyeing them off enviously, but it's okay, we all fall short. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a boring little cup. But the potential that that cup has, once it has been broken is to actually create something like this. See, when God takes our brokenness, when God takes the things that have gone wrong in our life, when we hand them to Him and give it to Him, He makes it far more beautiful than it ever was first created to be. He takes a mess and He turns it into a masterpiece. But these broken shards of glass are nothing without the light of Jesus in our life. Which is why we are thankful today of all days for the sacrifice of our Savior. His death and resurrection that means we stand here today, once being broken, but today restored and made new. And at Easter every year on Good Friday, we, we love to, to have an action that reflects an internal decision. And today we have uh, an empty stained glass window. And we have some shards of glass that are not sharp. But today, can we as a church, as a, as a church family, whether you're new, whether you've been here since the start, can we put an outward action to our internal decision today and bring God our brokenness by placing one of these shards of glass on this empty frame here? Because there's two great thoughts about what we do here. 
Actually, no, it's one thought. It's the idea that so many broken people can come together to create something beautiful. And that's what a church family is. A whole bunch of broken people who come together. But when the light of the sun, when the light of Jesus Christ shines through them, we all become something beautiful, something amazing, something that like the intention of stained glass window was to portray a message to those who pass by the great things that Jesus has done for our life, the amazing things that God has done. And that's the significance of today as we look this year and continue to be the church. Can we build a stained glass window today as a demonstration of us giving our brokenness to God so that he can turn it into something new that brings a message of hope to everyone who sees and walks past. We're going to sing an amazing song now about how our resurrected King is resurrecting us. What better a song to sing? So I'd love to invite you, North Lakes, as we sing this song to reflect, to worship and be thankful to Jesus for what He's done. And let's put that action into a step today and build a stained glass window. I'd love to pray first. Lord, we thank You. Really, how can we thank you for what you have done? We will never truly understand the significance of what it has meant until we join you in eternity for what it means for us to be back in right relationship with God. But Jesus, today we want to honour you. We want to demonstrate that we bring you our brokenness so that together we can be something new, something great, so our mess can become a masterpiece that gives hope to the world that we live in. Lord, we thank you that it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. That our lives can be made whole. That you can heal us, that you will restore us when we come to you with a repentant heart. We thank you, Lord. Amen.